Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey listeners, it's Phil Mackey. We're talking Minnesota sports five days a week on Mackey and Jeb with Rami. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Score North app, or anywhere else you find podcasts. If you're tight on time today and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. Jonathan here with the Score North download. This download brought to you by Team Mackey for the Big Climb Minneapolis. Right now on PTI, they're asking, what does a win mean for Andy Reid and the Chiefs? Well, here's what he said when he was asked today at his press conference how he celebrated his big win in the AFC Championship game. Did you take some personal time last night to enjoy this accomplishment along the way, or had you spent the Had a cheeseburger and went to bed. <laughs> I mean, seems like a perfect... So did Rami. <laughs> Probably. No. Is that how Rami celebrates every night? Well, chorizo, queso, dip, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I figured... It, it wouldn't just be a cheeseburger. It's more than that with you, Rami. A healthy serving of protein before uh, going to bed, by the way, is actually recommended. That's it's a, a great way to celebrate a win. It's a myth that you shouldn't eat before bed. Just it should be. You protein. know, if I ever want to wake up what? at two thirty in the morning with fire coming out of my backside, <laughs> chorizo before bed. That was a good. Hold way on, to are go. you telling me it's okay to eat? It's, right before it's go to bed? good to have a healthy serving of protein before bed. Keeps the metab- or before bed, it keeps the metabolism working. And bread, yes. You can join Team Mackey on February 15th for this year's Big Climb Minneapolis to raise money to fight blood cancer. Benefiting the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, donate to our team or join Team Mackey for just $20 when you use the promo code Mackey. Go to scorenorth.com slash bigclimb now. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackey and Joe with Rami. Thank you, Jonathan. By the way, we'll talk more about this. We're climbing 53 stories oh, of stairs. I thought you were Rami's saying, taking the escalator. I thought you were saying we talk more about protein before bedtime. That too. Yeah. Protein before climbing 53 stories of stairs. Do that's we celebrate climbing 53 stories of stairs with a cheeseburger? I think that's the only way to celebrate that, isn't it? <laughs> or chorizo and yeah. queso dip. <laughs> <laughs> MackieLLS.com for details. Tom, yeah, you, you like a big, big fat cheeseburger before bed or a scoop of chorizo and queso dip? Tom Pelissero. What the hell are you guys talking about? <laughs> That's a really good question, which is why I just shut up. I'm not quite sure either. I'm trying to teach the people Tom, something, Tom. Imagine right? the scenario in which there's a gun pointed to your head and you have to choose between one or the other. Well, it's not going to involve the cheese dip, I can tell you that. Yeah, Tom. Uh, You're missing out. Tom's not a cheese guy. So, all right. You think about, you think about life's important questions uh, like we're posing here, but... Let's talk about George Payton for a second here. Tom Pelissero's NFL Insights. A man who a lot of casual fans probably have heard his name once in a while, but he's been a key part of the Vikings front office backbone, and uh, the Cleveland Browns are very interested. What can you tell us about the Browns' interest in the Vikings' assistant GM? Well, they met for the first time on Saturday uh, in the Twin Cities. It's 
Sounds like that obviously went very well because the Browns want to bring Peyton in in the next day or two here to Berea, where their headquarters are in Ohio, and basically take them through their processes, talk to them more about the job. Um, at this point, you know, it's, it's getting ahead of ourselves to say that he's going to be the next GM of the Browns. There's still a lot of questions, um, you know, certainly that he would have at the organization, and there's questions about the fit. Uh, but he has been one of the most sought-after front office candidates for a number of years now, has turned down a lot of different teams, has turned down the Browns specifically twice in the past. What makes this one different is uh, he's worked with Kevin Stefanski for a long time, believes that he could be a really good head coach. Uh, they do have some pieces roster-wise. I mean, there's a lot of work that needs to be done, but they've got some pieces to build around and some you know, potential trade chips and things like that to be able to make over the roster. There are some alluring things, but anytime you have the type of turnover that the Browns have had really throughout the Jimmy Haslam era, uh, that's going to create some questions. And, uh, you know, after waiting this long, you want to make sure you're taking the right job. Hey, Tom, if George does leave here, what, in your estimation, would that departure mean to Rick and the Vikings? Well, I mean, those two have been together since Chicago. I mean, like 25 years. I don't want to date them too much here because I don't have the exact number, but probably 25 years ago. I mean, they've worked together in Miami and then obviously in Minnesota. Um, That would be, I mean, a big change just for Spielman in general, uh, just because this has been his guy. This has been his right-hand man uh, for a long time. Now they've got some other capable uh, scouts within the building. You know, Jamal Stevenson, they're called scouting director, is well-respected. Um, there's plenty of other people. It's, it's not as if they, you know, wouldn't be able to, to make up for the loss, but I don't know how you really replace somebody with, uh, you know, George Payton's institutional knowledge and, you know, the ins and outs, knowing, his knowing the ins and outs, not just of the scouting community, but of everything in the organization. It would, it would be an adjustment. There's, uh, there's no question about it. But, again, there's still a couple of steps here that have to take place, and we should know uh, toward the end of this week whether or not that's going to be a possibility. Tom, how tied together do you think the fates of Spielman, Zimmer, and Kirk Cousins are? Do you think there's any chance that any one or any any combination of those three guys goes into next year without a new contract? It's certainly possible. I mean, what we know as of now is they all have one year remaining on their deals, and those are decisions that the Wilfs are going to have to make here about you know what they're comfortable with, uh, what they're willing to do, what type of commitment going forward. Uh, you know, Cousins is in a unique situation because there's not many guys who are in that big of a contract who have a fully guaranteed final year. I mean, there's not necessarily the motivation from Kirk Cousins' side to, you know, act quickly and try to get an extension done. Zimmer has said publicly he's okay coaching out his contract in the past. Uh, and Spielman's, you know, his contract has really not been public a whole lot uh, in the past. Uh, you see, you got some moving parts there. I also, you know, was sitting back watching that game last night with the 49ers and the Packers and saying, you know, when you put this in perspective and watch how the Packers got flogged up and down, especially in the first half, you look back at that Vikings game and say, oh, the team that had a pretty good plan and they had some pretty good talent, they just kind of ran out of gas there about midway through the third quarter. Hey, Tom, do we know if the Wilfs and Spielman and Mike have sat down yet to sort of orchestrate or formulate the 2020 plan? Because that, to me, you know, ordinarily we look at this team and it's pretty obvious the direction that things are going to be going. I'm not sure that it's obvious at this time. So have they sat down and sort of put together, hey, the vision for 2020 and going forward is this? Well, Zimmer spent most of the last week at his ranch in Kentucky. Uh, so I, you know, I, I can't say for certain whether they have or have not met. I'm sure that there have been conversations. Um, but, 
you know, in terms of an actual meeting, uh, you know, the fact that he's been out of town makes me believe that they've not really fully gone through, you know, all the different processes that uh, go into some of those big picture decisions. I always wonder, uh, Tom Pelissero was our guest here from NFL Network every Monday on the show, Tom Pelissero's NFL Insights. I'm always fascinated when you have a guy like Pat Mahomes, who's just one of the greatest quarterbacks any of us have ever seen, if not the most, if not the total package that any of us have ever seen. And then I go back and look at, like, who are the nine teams that passed on him? And not to throw Rami's Bears under the bus repeatedly, but, like, the Bears, what didn't they see in Pat Mahomes? That's Can, not at all what you intended to do. I that. fully right. intended to throw right. Rami's Bears under the bus. What from what you remember, Tom? What were the biggest knocks on Pat Mahomes that that prevented some of those teams from buying into him as the guy that he's turned into? Well, I spent a lot of time, uh, you know, doing research on Mahomes and even talking to Mahomes uh, during that process. And really, he was regarded as the biggest boom or bust uh, prospect that was in that draft class, simply because. You could see him make every throw from every arm angle, every platform on the field, but he played in this wide-open air raid system. The mechanics would kind of come and go. Uh, there was a process that uh, you know everybody knew you'd have to go through to just kind of rein him in mechanically. Well, you know the Chiefs end up trading up to get him higher than I think a lot of people realized. You know, the, if you go back to that draft and let's put this in perspective, I, I think that Mahomes was you know, publicly in terms of what people thought was underrated. In other words, when I talked to people within the league, I had him, you can go back and find my quarterback rankings that year, I had him the way that they came off the board, Deshaun Watson, then Patrick Mahomes, or excuse me, uh, Mitchell Trubisky, then Patrick Mahomes, then Deshaun Watson. And that's not based on me watching tape. I don't watch tape. I just call people in the league and try to triangulate kind of, you know, how people within the league view them. They came off in that order. You know, the the thing was, you had teams trading up for all these guys. The Bears went up a spot to get Trubisky. Then the Chiefs went up to get Mahomes. Then the Texans went up to get Deshaun Watson. I think that, you know, if, if you went back at the time, you wouldn't find the reaction of how did everybody pass on Mahomes. It was, what in the world are the Chiefs doing drafting this guy from the air raid at number 10 overall and giving up all this uh, draft capital to be able to get him? Watson was the only one who publicly people at the time thought had slid a little bit further uh, and there were legitimate questions about Watson in terms of accuracy in certain parts of the field and you know the overall ceiling versus uh, a guy like Mahomes with with Mahomes it was just it was the unknown you know he probably had the highest ceiling based on everybody you talked to but he also had the lowest floor you had to have a really good plan for him he was going to need to sit the Chiefs got him in the perfect situation where they had Alex Smith as their starter Mahomes as the backup he took a year and once he got on the field uh, he was ready to go out, win an MVP in year two, and then go to a Super Bowl in year three. Tom, would you have ever believed me if I told you that in the NFL in the year 2020, a team was going to a Super Bowl, having thrown the ball 12 times in the last six quarters of football between the divisional round and the NFC wildcard game? I, it's, it's remarkable. You know, the what was it, six of eight passing last night for Jimmy Garoppolo. You also have to understand how smart... Kyle Shanahan and his staff, Mike McDaniel and those guys are with running the football. I mean, this is more or less the same type of scheme that the Vikings run, um, you know, in terms of everything is set up off the outside zone. But Shanahan is so good, along with his staff, of figuring out how those plays work together, making the run in the pass look alike. Uh, and they can challenge you in different ways. You saw that yesterday with Raheem Mostert, who everybody during the game was tweeting all the teams that have cut him and how few carries he got, how little action he got in college. Well, you know, they saw somebody with a, tr- a skill set that they 
thought fit in with the rest of their group between Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida. Of course, Jerick McKinnon, who we've not seen uh, play a down for him out there. Uh, they've always used different types of backs. In Atlanta, you know, we had Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman, and they were different types of backs, but they could kind of also do everything. You could run both of them within the tackles. You could run both of them outside. Uh, that's where everything starts. You know, the fact that they're paying Jimmy Garoppolo about $30 million a year doesn't stop them from playing the style of football they think that, you know, needs to be won. And Shanahan said it in the, you know, in his, uh, interview on the podium last night. It's like, why'd you go with that plan? It's like, cause it was working. You just, you keep running yeah. the same thing over and over as long as the opponent doesn't stop it. It's, it sounds simple, but there's a lot of coaches who get away from it with him yesterday. You could tell just keep pounding it right at him and the Packers. You know, hard as they tried, they did not have an answer. Tom, do you have any feel at all here? And I know we're still two weeks from the Super Bowl, and then you know, combine free agency are still weeks down the road. But do you have any feel for the Tom Brady market? What which teams could be interested? Could he go back to New England? Like, what what's your early read on it right now? Well, his contract voids March eighteenth, so for another almost two months here, technically he cannot have conversations with other teams. The only team that can negotiate with him uh, is the New England Patriots. You heard his comments on, I believe it was Westwood One with uh, Jim Gray uh, yesterday, saying that you know he's going in open-minded. And it sounds like the spirit of those comments is that he's never been a free agent. This is all new to him. It's Tom Brady. He wants to walk to the line of scrimmage and see what coverage the defense is in before deciding where he goes with the ball. So he's keeping everything open at this point. I mean, a return to the Patriots is certainly uh, a possibility here. Uh, but both sides have really gone from, you know, year to year uh, for several years now. When they did that new contract to give him an $8 million raise back in August, uh, that set up this pressure point that it was going to come down to March. Uh, he's also got a no franchise tag, no transition tag clause, uh, so you can't keep him that way. Uh, if the Patriots do not agree to a deal with Tom Brady before the end of the league year on March 18th, he will become a free agent for the first time in his career. Uh, and I think that everybody will be interested uh, in terms of who potentially would be uh, in that in that market. Uh, you know, I also was talking with a, an NFL executive down here in Mobile earlier today who was just saying it's way too early to predict any of the quarterback stuff because there's so many free agents. There's so many guys who are like, you know, stars, Drew Brees and Eli Manning, guys who you know are veteran players. You don't even know, do they want to play anymore? Phillip Rivers, you know, do these guys want to keep going? Do they want to go back to their teams? Are they going to go someplace else? There's more moving pieces probably this year for quarterbacks, I would say, than in any year that, since I started covering the NFL in 2003. It's going to be very volatile, uh, and a lot of the attention is rightly going to be centered on a soon-to-be 43-year-old quarterback with six Super Bowl wins. That is Tom Pelissero, our friend from NFL Network, and you can catch him. You're going to be able to catch him here within the hour. Where can people find you on TV on NFL Network here today and in the next few days? I will be on TV from a completely empty stadium in about 30 minutes talking about uh, the quarterbacks who are down here, uh, the likes of Jalen Hurts from Oklahoma, Justin Herbert from Oregon, among others, uh, talking Tom Brady on TV as well. And then so the rest of the week we'll have exclusive coverage on NFL Network uh, doing portions of practice during our midday show from noon to 2 central. Uh, we will also I will have the sideline duty for the game itself on Saturday afternoon. Right on. All right, Tom. Talk next week, man. See ya. Thanks, guys. Tom Pelissero. Football. The other, so he mentions all the top free agent quarterbacks. There's another top free agent quarterback 
but in broadcasting. And the Tony Romo ESPN story came out about five or six days ago, and it's only continued to pick up steam that ESPN is preparing to offer a record broadcaster contract to steal Tony Romo away from CBS. And it's basically the last report I saw was CBS is trying to figure out if they can match, if it makes sense to match. But we're talking, what, between 10 and $15 million a year correct, for Tony Romo. I love it. Worth it. Oh, I'm in completely. After yesterday, I'm more smitten than ever. Dude, Rami, come I'm on. I'm so smitten right now. I, man's own concepts talk in real time? Man's own concepts. Football. In real time? Tell us, tell us what Mahomes is seeing and how... Come on! How Football! The Titans think they're fooling Mahomes, but Mahomes is fooling the Titans? Dude. Oh, I'm not saying. So good. When we've had this conversation in the past, I'm not here to say I don't like Tony Romo or I don't think he's good at his job or I don't appreciate all the football-y football things Uh, that you guys are talking about right now. Sounds like you're disrespecting. I do. Sounds like you're not a Romo fan. No, I enjoy it. I'm a Romo guy. Do you want Booger? Is that what you want? God, no. More Booger? Absolutely not. Wait a second. Are you you saying saying that whether, whether it's Booger or Tony Romo, that... It, it it has zero impact on if or how long you will watch. A I turn football on game. Monday Night Football for one of four reasons. There's four reasons that I will turn on Monday Night Football. It's just a really good game between two really good football teams. Okay, it's a game that involves a team that I root for or cover. Okay, uh, there is just nothing else on TV. Yep, or I have fantasy implications. I'm not adding Tony Romo as a fifth reason oh, to why see? I turn on Monday Night Football. Yeah, he's, he's, I, he's you're lying. I am he's going to watch a football game because I am going to watch a football game. Tony Romo only enhances the experience, and he enhances it greatly. I'm just saying, for 10 to $15 million, you better bring audience, and he doesn't bring this audience, remember? I don't think Dude. he brings audience. I think he just makes it better for the audience that's already there. I will say, okay, I will say, it would be better... If they could also get Jim Nance, because I love those guys together. I love how they play off each other. I love how Jim Nance has become. Yeah, Jim Nance has like kind of become self aware. Did you hear not. yesterday? Yeah. Jim Nance made fun of the golf voice. They ran a Masters promo, and Tony Romo's like, "Oh, getting fired up for the Masters, Jim." And Jim goes, "Getting ready to bust out the golf voice." He's making fun of his golf voice. Tony Romo opens up Jim Nance to be a human. Jonathan, Judd, you've got. Judd and I were talking beforehand, and Judd's got the most, the best combination you could think of. The ESPN, because you can't hire Romo and then be like, and here's Joe Tessitore. God bless no, Joe, okay? Absolutely not. Here's here's the pairing. That's the most embarrassing God bless I've ever heard, by the way. The most insulting God, well, I, God, God bless. Like, I'm not wishing bad things for Joe Tessitore. I want to make that very clear. Mm-hmm. Insincere judge uh-huh. is coming around the I corner. I want to make it very clear I'm not wishing bad things on Joe. I think Joe's probably a great guy. But anyway. That'd be cool, man. I'd like to, to see that again. Insincere judge is coming in. Hot. Insincere judge. Can I please unveil my idea? Yes, yes, please, yes. Yes. Monday Night Football booth, week one, 2020 season, ESPN. Tony Romo, your analyst, and your newly minted NBA and NFL voice, Kevin Harlan. Wow. Yes. I mean, can, you wow. ima- can you imagine those two together? Interesting. And by the way, hmm. the other part of this equation is assuming, and I think he has to, assuming Eli Manning retires, we can't lose because Peyton's going to hit the market too. And by, and the third thing, I guess, Aikman, who I don't love but like, a free agent as well. 
Oh, Aikman's a free agent. I, he signed a uh, three-year extension in like 16 that was 17, 18, 19 seasons. So on the quarterback analyst front and on the actual quarterback free agent front, we've yes. got Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Troy Aikman, Tony Romo. I'm really curious about Peyton. You're, Peyton Manning in the booth could be really That's good. really who I thought they were they were waiting to put in the booth for Monday well, Night Football. He's not committing to it yet, but my sense is once Eli says I'm done, Peyton will jump, right? I mean, Peyton's going to take a job at that point. Let's make it easy for Eli. Are any of the 32 teams no. raising their hands right now with with the free agent quarterbacks no. and draftable quarterbacks available being like, Eli, you're our star. You're our guy. If you put the Manning brothers in a booth, three-man booth with the Manning brothers. Huh? No? No, no, no. I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. If that's what it took to get Peyton to do this, then yes, because I think Eli would just basically shut up. <laughs> Eli would Eli would be like, what's his name in Major League? The, the, the Monty, who just like chime, chimes in like great four drop. times throughout the whole movie. It's a dynamite <laughs> drop in there, Monty. I think Broadcast could... school's really paying off for you. I'd do it. I'd do it if that's but what you it guys, took to get paid. You guys really think, from an audience perspective, Tony Romo is yes. worth fourteen to fifteen million dollars a year? I don't know if he's worth eight or twenty. Like I, I have no ability to process what is his financial value to. I just know that Tony Romo. I watch games longer if Tony Romo is in the booth. He keeps me. He keeps my attention throughout. You're riveted. A with. twenty-one to three game that yeah. I ordinarily would have turned the channel on. I enjoy his analysis, and I stay. He's tuned. telling you stuff that nobody else at this point tells you. Yes, I appreciate him. He's very good at what he does. I'm just saying he doesn't make me watch games I wouldn't already be watching. He makes me watch games and pay attention to them and stay tuned longer. And if he did that crappy Monday night package, I guarantee you, I would actually pay attention and watch games this way guy? longer. The officials stop play because of it. I thought that was the Harlan one. Dang it. I saw Squirrel running across football field and thought it was Kevin Harlan calling. But that would be fun. Kevin Harlan would be so good. We've got Kevin Harlan on this one. Once again, Mahomes looking over that defense at numbers three with their hands in the grass through that white face mask and his red Kansas City helmet with a third and six. They're at their own 40. Arms extended, shotgun snap, getting the block. Stops, bounces up and down, rolls out of the pocket, throws off balance, down the middle, long pass, over the shoulder, catch, 15, Watkins, 10, chase to the 5, into the end zone, touchdown! That may be all she wrote! 60-yard touchdown pass, and the Chiefs have gone up 34-17 with 7.5 to play! Football! Football! There's nobody better than that's insane. Yeah, At football no, play by play, there's nobody better dude, than Kevin Harlan. You know, oh, Kevin, in the mid- oh, Kevin, here it comes. Here it comes. <laughs> Look at that play. I love how you just turned Tony Romo into Paul Bear from the WWF. There. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Bear. I love Paul Bear. I love Paul Bear. Listen, Paul Bear, man. That's one of my favorite things. <laughs> what if they were the same guy? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> what if it ha- what if they were like morphed together? Tony Romo and Paul Bear inject it into my veins. Oh man. Uh, we can take we can take your Vikings calls or your Tony Romo hate or love calls to 651 Or your Paul Bear impressions. If whatever you, you got. If you have a Paul Bear impression. Please let us hear it. Love Paul Bear. 651 646. Royal Rumble week we might as well celebrate. It nice. is. Okay. Is it really? 
It yes. is. All right. I didn't know that either. 30 men enter, so. only one exits alive, or something like that. Uh, 651-646-8255. Also, the Chiefs are basically the AFC Vikings, if you if you get down to it. And Rami and I have a trivia question for Jonathan and Judd that we'll get to here. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami on Score North and the Score North app. You think you like football? John Madden doesn't just like football. He f- loves football. You see what he did there? See, he had Brown on the play before where he jacked him up, and then he's going to hit him and take an inside move on him. Charles is like a boxer. Everything he does is to set up the next thing he's going to do. Let's talk about finances here, all right? Let's talk about Condrick Wealth Management. If you are like me and you probably spent early part of your life not thinking as much about your finances as maybe you should, well, you need someone who spends every waking second of their life thinking about it for you, and that's Dale Tondrick. With Dale Tondrick, you'll meet face-to-face with somebody who spends every single day helping people save and stockpile money for retirement. He's a trusted source of information to help you on your path to retirement. And again, I don't care if you're in your early 30s like me or if you're 55, 60, closer to retirement age. There are things you can and should be doing to make sure you get to dictate and call the shots of what your life looks like after you're done working. Call Tondrick Wealth Management today. Tell them Phil Mackey sent you. Dale, uh, Dale's been a partner here at 1500 and score North for a long time. 952-401-1671. 952-401-1671 or go to myinvestingcoach.com.